host Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie. pretty well considering that Charlie and I come to you guys today in different cities for the very first time. Charlie, you're um, in Manchester, no, how true. are you? No? Not not true. We did um, the Christmas special when Ollie Bell was on. I was at home, you're at home. Oh yeah. Actually I think we've done a couple of Christmas specials. We did this this year's one as well. And that ended up being pretty successful with our best boxing day ever. Uh, I think we had the likes of Time Hill, San Roi, uh, amongst other winners. It was, it was a huge, game. huge day. So we've uh, quite a high bar to get past this weekend, Charlie. Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as you say, we've done well in the past when we've not been in the room together. Don't know what that says about us, but uh, let, let's see what we can do for you guys today. I'm, I'm excited about this weekend racing, so yeah. Let's see. Yeah, it is It is the biggest weekend in the racing calendar. Definitely the biggest weekend in the breeding calendar as well. I mean, race horses, thoroughbred horses, the, the aim of the majority of them is to win the derby. That's the uh, horse that, that holds the most value at the end of the year, the derby winner. So, yeah, yeah it is really the race at the centre of our sport. Very exciting yeah. to have it this Saturday. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, the irony of it is derby winners, of course, don't do that well uh, as racehorses after they've won the derby, at least in recent years. Um, Adiar has possibly bucked that trend a bit, but we obviously saw Desert Crown come come out and get beaten um, first time up since, since his derby run and derby victory. Uh, obviously, prior to that, you had the likes of Serpentine who ran like 15 times and never won again. Um so it, it can be a bit of a curse, but it looks to be a pretty strong field, I think, or at least a competitive field yeah. this year. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. But we'll get on to that in more detail later, I guess. We will. We will indeed. Let's quickly look back at the, the week gone by. You were over in Ireland at the Curra for the Guineas, your second Guineas Festival of the year. First of all, which one was better? And secondly, did you enjoy the racing? Who were the standout performers? And uh, God, it must have been good to see Tahira in the flesh once again. Yeah, no, mate, it was brilliant. I, I don't know. To, to, uh, don't know if I could answer your first question. They they were both great in their own rights. Yeah, I, I think this year's this year's renewal at least was uh, was pretty good. At least the the one thousand certainly was with Tahira coming and and doing her thing and finally getting the job done. Oh, I say finally, she only lost once ever, but um, she was fantastic uh, to watch. And yeah, it was just it was just a brilliant, brilliant weekend. I think obviously from from our perspective, role Scotsman was disappointing. Yeah, that that goes without saying. He ran very flat. We sort of looked at that afterwards and sort of thought maybe he had a really tough guineas run. And I kind of said to you, I think perhaps he's going to be a horse that just never never quite wins these races like he, he's very solid at the top level but never yeah. actually gets his head in front as he showed last year but in behind Chaldean and as he's done again this year in, in behind Chaldean and then running flat here so 
be interesting to see where he goes next. And Paddington, yeah, I mean, Aiden O'Brien is is just brilliant in in on home soil. So, yeah, yeah, good good weekend though, brilliant weekend, and very happy to be there. Though, of course, it did mean I missed the Premiership Rugby final where you were representing us uh, there. Indeed, indeed, which was slightly uh, slightly less prosperous weekend, I guess. Sale being beaten by Saracens in the end. Uh, it was a good day out though, and uh, good su- to to show some support for rugby, which is definitely not in the best place at the moment, which is a shame because it's an awesome sport to watch live. Um, and I, I'm sure there are things that can be done to to make it better in the future. But uh, it was a very entertaining day out. A, sh- a shame that that Sale couldn't quite get over the line. But I think with Saracens, you kind of do have one of those Man City stories uh, of a team that has been built up with you know, very good players uh, for a while, legally or illegally. Um, and as a result, they're, they're the best by quite some distance. So, yeah, it was a good, it was a good, good job by Sale. Shame to come up short. Tom uh, Curry, uh, who's a, a friend of the podcast, had a, had a good game. So, yeah, we were, we were pleased. Uh, the sun shone and uh, we can now just get excited for the, the Derby and the Oaks this week. Uh, I guess a big talking point, the fact that it's not going to be run at its usual time, but will in fact be run at 1.30 to make way for the FA Cup final. What do you think about that? Um, well, it kind of helps me in a way because I am at the FA Cup final. So <laughs> it would mean I can watch the derby before the FA Cup final. Obviously, you'd never get any signal in football stadiums. So I'll be happy that it's run before. But from, I guess, a tradition perspective and... From a viewership perspective as well, it's certainly for people who are attending, it's a bit of a weird one. So like you you want those races, the the, the sort of the, the rate the race on the card to be at four thirty, reaching its sort of pinnacle rather than you're shoving it in at the start. Like it's there's one race at the diamond at twelve fifty and then you've got the derby at one thirty. It it just seems all a bit rushed. Yeah. And I know why they've done that, because you know, you can't, you're not going to be able to grab the audience off off the football, unfortunately. Yeah. There was talks maybe of, uh, of putting it in, in at half time in the football, which would have been interesting, but like that's got to be a, a sort of military operation to to be able to do that. And of course, you're not going to, those viewers aren't going to then stay on the racing, I doubt. They'll just turn over to, for, for that race and then... Yeah, but to be fair... They'll head back to... The table, I, I feel know. like after the derby's been run, you kind of lost the crowd anyway. So they probably should have just done yeah. it like 10, 15 minutes before the start of the football. Then you've got loads of people watching the footy and... The, the racing will probably be on ITV4 as well, which is another thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean so long as we can have as many people watching or giving people the opportunity to watch that's what's really that that's what's important so yeah if this is the right way i don't know i'm not a uh, yeah i'm not yeah i'm not certain but if this is the right way then good that's what we need yeah you 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 will be able to watch it on both itv and bbc so yeah, I I would have thought they could have used it to promote it, but you know maybe it's a, a risk if it runs late or whatever. Uh, either way, yeah. we are going to have the have the derby being run, being sponsored by a bookmaker for the first time this year. Interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, it just shows 
that's sort of almost a state of race racing, I guess, that betting, well, one, that betting is so fundamental to the sport and the sport could literally not live without it. But two, that we can't attract other brands to sponsor these kind of races. You know, obviously, Kazoo was sponsoring it previously. I think they cut their sponsorship short of the race. Um, and yeah. prior to that, you've had sponsors like Investec and and other other industries outside of betting. But and industries that tend that, to get stuck into sport as well. Kazoo and Investec, definitely two of those. M- massively so, massively so. And... I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to disparage the people working in sponsorships at, at um, I don't know, were they worth Epsom? Um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, I, I, I guess probably they panicked a bit and were like, oh, we need a deal. It, it, time was running short, so they, they went for whatever they could find, which happened to be a bookmaker. But yeah. it does just show how reliant this this sport has become on bookmaking which is not necessarily a good thing well definitely in this country at least um and i mean in other countries we see more successful models but in the uk ours is kind of irreversible you know we 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 can't really go back to a tote system when denise Coates is one of the biggest taxpayers in the uk uh that's just a matter of fact so yeah like it or like it or not we're in a, a private bookmaker era and um we're just going to have to live with it and hope that the sport can do other things to attract new audiences, maybe like this podcast. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Who knows, man? <laughs> uh, let's 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 move on though to to the racing. We're gonna we're gonna go through the Coronation Cup and the Betfred Oaks on the Friday, uh, where Frankie Dettori could get his another chance at a classic this year in his final season, and then on Saturday we'll do the Diamond Stakes, the Derby and the princess elizabeth stakes friday is going to be uh, an exciting day's racing i'm buzzing for this coronation cup i think uh i think the field's really strong and um you know we're seeing champions day winners like emily upjohn back at the track exciting to see those ones uh coming here on on friday um we've also got westover who's currently the the Antipost favourite, who was second last time in the Shima Classic, uh, two to one. Hurricane Lanes ten to three. Point Lonsdale, who's one of your horses to follow for the season, seven to two. I thought changing of the guard looked a big price here. I was surprised that he was twenty to one. Um, I think he's still pretty un- unexposed as a four-year-old. I don't know if he's going to run, um, mm. but you know, one at, at Royal Ascot last year on good to, on, on good to firm. And uh, Ottoman Fleet looks like a, a pretty good horse. Won a, a Group 2 last time out in America. Won at Newmarket earlier in the season. And I think will be better for that that third behind Hamish, who we know is a really strong performer on soft ground. I think changing the guard's interesting at 20s in a field mm. where, like, you know, Westover probably should be favourite. That, that form behind Equinox is some of the strongest form in the world. Emily Upjohn maybe prefers a bit of cut in the ground. I don't know. It's hard to tell. She's not run much, uh, but she's, you know, returning after quite a long time. And Nashua didn't return with that much fluency last time out in France. Hurricane Lane is four from four on, on good ground. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't think there's much between this field. I'd maybe take a chance on changing the guard. Uh, I don't know how you, how you assessed it. And if I'm miles off what you thought. 
No, no, I definitely thought changing the guard was interesting. And he's one I looked at at the start of the season as maybe one to follow. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there are no jockey bookings yet for the Aiden runners. I kind of thought both changing the guard and Point Lonsdale were, were perhaps interesting. Point Lonsdale stepping up in trip didn't seem a bad thing for him. He did win. He's won twice already this season, albeit on soft and heavy ground. Changing the guard is interesting. And I, and I do kind of agree that run behind Hamish is, is nothing to turn your nose up at. I would say perhaps, is this maybe his minimum distance now? I thought he'd be a long distance horse. I thought he'd be challenging at one mile six, maybe a cut horse, two miles. I, I don't know what you thought about that, but I thought... That's definitely what Aiden, probably... Aiden said at the start of the season. He thought that with Kiprios out, changing of the guard could be one of those ones that, that came to the top distance uh to the to the yeah. staying distance but if he does turn up here then he must have a chance mm. i guess and that that said he's he's one at one mile four and he's one one at one mile four and a half and then he was fifth in the derby as well so you know he he was definitely of interest and i agree too big at 20 to one i, I personally think that westover is, is probably just the best horse in this race. I, I think he was unlucky to be um, to be third in the in the Derby last year, and his his Irish Derby route um, after that is probably the best bit of form in here. I mean, he absolutely hosed up there. It, it's weird. The Shima Classic is actually quite a good trial for this race as well. Four of the last ten winners uh, of the Coronation Cup have run in the Shima Classic as their last race prior to this um so so that's an interesting start obviously Rafe Beckett's in good form as well he's had a really good season and for these moment. for these owners as well <clears throat> so he he's definitely a worthy favorite I, I think he's a classy horse and, and and as you say that run behind Equinox is is just some of the best form out there full stop so so he'd be very interesting Emily up John I couldn't find the last filly who won this race or filly or mare who won this race. And it, it definitely hasn't been in the last 10 years. She's obviously good, but I think taking on, on the Colts and gelding, she might be found out here, but I could be proven wrong. She was obviously a short head in the, in the Oaks last year. So she's got good course form. Yeah. Yeah. She does. Course form will be key. Westover does both course form. So maybe a good, a good favorite there and changing of the guard of interest at 20s we'll see what the jockey bookings do to the market as well um mm. let's move on to the oaks which will take place at 4 30 on friday uh, save the last dance is a very short price favorite five to four after her route at chester soul sister 11 to four for for the gosden team running lion also for the Gosdens at 13 to 2, one uh, at the Newmarket Guineas Festival. Eternal Hope 14s alongside Warm Heart for Aidan O'Brien. Boogie Woogie 33s, Carnarfon uh, 33s, Dancing the Grass, Heartache Tonight. Let's leave the market there for now. Who are your eyes drawn to here? It's, a, it's, an, it's an interesting market because it really only has sort of three of them with a with a proper chance of those three mm. are you strong on one of them yeah well 
I see why the market's got three with it with a strong chance, and that's because of well, John John Gosden and Aidan O'Brien have won this race each year back to 2013. <laughs> yeah, which is just unbelievable. Like they have dominated this race, complete stranglehold. It, we we know how good both of them are with, with Phillies, and it's no surprise to, to hear that stat in some way, but yeah, it definitely explains why they have the top three in the market and they're also strong in the market. I mean, it's very hard to tell really with this division. I think save the last dance is probably flattered by that dis- the distance of the Chester race. I mean, 22 lengths looks amazing on paper, but you do get that fairly often at Chester and obviously it was, it was soft ground, wasn't it? So yeah, you take it with a pinch of salt, that certainly. Uh, Soul Sister, she bounced back really nicely in the Musadora to, uh, from that Fred Darling run where she bombed out, came completely last. I was honestly kicking myself because I was really tempted to tip her on our Twitter, but I just couldn't quite bring myself to tip a horse that finished dead last the time before. Yeah. Even though she, she won her her debut starts but yeah she she's obviously interesting i think of of all of them and i know this one's done the most running but um that's running lion for me is is a is a strong one in this and, and actually the outsider of those three perhaps surprisingly i think we were we weren't there for for her win at Newmarket on Guinea's Sunday, but we were watching with interest because you had tipped her and she romped home and absolutely smashed yeah. up that field. And it was an incredibly impressive run. Uh, I mean, difficult perhaps to judge the form uh, of of that run, I don't think there's anything particularly strong in there, but I think she can come on again and and should give a really good running at thirteen to two. With uh, Asheen Murphy is obviously doing a, a great job at the moment on his return. Yeah, yeah, I think she will. I mean, for me, I I really just thought that Save the Last Dance was such a weak favourite. If she goes and wins this, then Aiden's a genius. But how you can back her at five to four, I really don't know because. She's yeah. only ever run on soft, heavy or soft ground. Um, so there's just nothing in that to say that she's going to go on what probably will be good, maybe good to firm. They'll probably water it quite a lot because the forecast looks pretty consistent. Soul Sister has gone on the ground already. A really strong Musadora, I thought that, with uh, Novakai who had strong form. Infinite Cosmos was very well fancied. Sea of Roses had proper group form as well um you know i think that soul sister looks looks proper and came uh you know really stylishly on the outside of that field under frankie Dittori. and uh it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if if soul sister was was good enough to win this quite well actually i i thought the the closing sectionals looked pretty fast they finished at a, at a good pace uh and it wasn't a race that sort of fell apart uh, so mm. yeah, I do think that I think Soul Sister eleven to four, just compared to Save the Last Dance is five to four. I think they should probably be like two to one co-favorites, and I think maybe they will be on the day. To be honest, I, I yeah. can't see how that price is going to hold up there at five to four for Save the Last Dance at all. 
uh and and you know maybe something gets punted from the the back but there's nothing in the form really warm heart i guess is like unexposed um you know they brought her over to to newbury and beat the really uh well fancy blue stocking who i think the Beckett's thought was a, a very good horse. So, you know, maybe Warm Heart's interesting as a filly that kind of comes in under the radar for O'Brien. Mm. Usually, you know, you might have an O'Brien one around twos and then one at sevens. And here you've got five to four and 14. So maybe the discrepancy there is too big. Um, you would have thought Ryan Moore's going to go save the last dance just because of the way she won at Chester. But yeah. Uh, maybe take a chance on warm heart being backed soul sister i think is your, pr- your most solid bet running line i thought was very impressive at newmarket um but i'm not sure the substance of the form is is there enough but i guess you're getting a bit of uh a bit a bit more juice in the price as a result of that i don't know what what you think of my, of yeah. my analysis <laughs> no no i love it mate i think i get what you mean the <laughs> Yeah, the difficulty is that form for running line hasn't necessarily been backed up. I mean, she did it really impressively. But the other thing you'd say is she is slightly more exposed than the rest of them. So she's a bit more found out on that, whether there's a lot more improvements come for her. Maybe not. Um, The issue I perhaps have with Soul Sister is just backing a horse that has had a shocking run already. Yeah. And... I know I was willing to forgive her the last time and you can probably say she just really didn't act on the ground and would prefer a better surface, which I think exactly what whoever was riding that day, maybe Rab Havlin said about her. But yeah, it puts a, it puts a doubt in my mind, whereas obviously running line has been very, very solid throughout her career. Yeah, I agree with you on la- Save the Last Dance though. I, I think you'd be mad to get it, be getting tucked in at five to four. And um, Warm Heart or Save the Last Dance would both be sort of final winners in, in classics for Galileo, which would be pretty, pretty exciting, securing that Amazing. legacy as well. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, I saw Warm Heart run at Newbury. I, I thought she did well to beat that, that one of Rafe Beckett's whether I thought she was an Oaks winner after watching that, I'm, I'm pretty doubtful, but you never know. They yeah. they could they, they do come on. They do, they do. Aiden O'Brien will have them ready on the day, that is for sure. Um, let's kick on to the Saturday. The first race on the day is the Diamed Stakes, sponsored by Betfred. Uh, and Highland Avenue is a, is a short price favourite for, for Charlie Appleby, 7-4. Charlie Appleby has been actually losing a few races recently, which is unlike him. Almabir, 9-2, reach for the Moon 5s. Colsai 7s alongside Regal Reality. Escobar 10s, Imperial Fighter 16s. Murray's Diamond, 33-1. to What was your analysis here? Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't have much of a view here. So... Unless you've got anything strong, I was. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't going. Well, to be honest, I had I had a good look at this, and I think that like literally all of the field have so many questions to answer. Like Highland Avenue, yeah. His recent form, uh, you know, behind Adea, he's a distant third. Uh, it's not exactly mind blowing. And then those two runs at Maidan, 
pretty disappointing, really. Like middle of the field, never really challenging. Um, Almabir maybe ran on um, ground that was slightly softer than he wants. It's difficult though because he's won on heavy. So I don't know what ground he wants to be honest. He seems to have been reasonably well supported here, but I don't think you can have him reach for the moon has to improve a lot from his reappearance, but was a, a derby hope at one point, then missed it for the St. James's Palace or the 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 other, the, the longer race at Royal Ascot. Came second behind Claymore. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you you can't back him having, having to take that much of a leap forward. Um, Regal Reality, yeah. the old boy, I don't know. Escobar's better over shorter. Imperial Fighter, again, could run really well, but... Uh, has on a question to answer. Marie's diamond seems a little bit behind the the pace. I I think Colsai at seven to oh. one. She's unexposed here. She's going to get a lot of weight, and uh, I think the second behind Cicero's gift actually looks like a pretty good effort. Cicero's gift is Mate. like eight to one for St James's Palace Stakes. Yeah, um, yeah. Varian's runners were running awfully at the start of the season. And Colsai still managed to bag a couple of second place finishes. Uh, and and Canberra legend, I think you fancied at the start of the season is a good one. So yeah, I think look, I think with all of them having questions to answer, we may get eight runners on the day. Um, and you know, you could you can have a little go at a, a dirty each way bet on Colsai here. And uh, I think Varian's form is good enough for, for her to win. Um, so yeah, cold side for me, mate. Uh, yeah, having sorry, I was having a quick look whilst you were going through that, and I, of all the runners, I completely agree. You know, you're you're right in saying that they've got question marks to answer. I, I think she's the improving one, and I thought, as you quite rightly mentioned, both those runs this year are in behind two good horses. Cicero's gift looks exciting. I, I've thought. And Canberra legend nearly went off favourite for for the Dante. He was favourite at one point, so he was the, the form of that was clearly fancied. So yeah, I, I think Colsai could be could be pretty interesting here. Though obviously you're taking a bit of a punt. It wouldn't be a, a strong bet just for the fact that you know she he is unexposed and. Yeah, our last, yeah, it wouldn't be a strong bet. Our, our, yeah, I think also our last three-year-old to win this race was Bluegrass yeah. Prince back in 1994. So we've definitely got to buck the trends as well. But I do mm. think if there is a field in which you could buck trends, it's this one. Like there's no standout in this field here at the moment. Um, yeah. They've all got to step forward a lot. And Colsai is probably the one gets the weight and could could improve past them i think it could be a, yeah. a clever bit of placement from from roger varian yeah that was the question i was going to ask was was what was the stat for yeah. three-year-olds so that is interesting but yeah proceed with caution yeah it's uh it's a tricky race that with a lot of question marks to answer uh the next race is the big one of the day the bet fred Derby, one mile four furlongs will greet the field. August Rodan, who was disgraced at Newmarket after being uber impressive and tipped up by us 
miles in advance for that. You can get a three to one about him now, though, if you draw a line through the guineas. Um, military order nine to two, who won the Lingfield Derby trial, which wasn't on grass this year. Passenger, who many said unlucky, uh, was unlucky in the in the Dante fives. Arrest, who won at Chester thirteen to two for the Gosdens. Spreewell or Spruel, however you want to pronounce it, is elevens. The Foxes, the Dante winner twelves. Dubai Mile fourteens alongside White Birch, Wipero twenties, Alder thirty threes, Artistic Stars forty. Uh, to one let's leave the market there the derby take it away mate absolutely huge race obviously very very exciting i can't believe we're seeing august rodan favorite for this can you only because the boys the lads are probably they probably know something that we don't they clearly do. And actually, I've got a good story here because in Ireland this week, I was getting my very early taxi back to the ferry to to go back home. And I was speaking to a taxi driver on the way there who actually ran a couple of syndicates and was, was quite a good bar and seller of horses himself, telling me I had a bit of success. He also broke in Mighty Potter, which is quite cool. That is cool. So... Yeah, he was, we were having a good chat and he was telling me, well, he was asking me my opinion on the derby. <clears throat> he wasn't sure actually wh- which way he was leaning. He thought it was a very difficult race to, to work out. But one thing he did say to me, he has a few friends at uh, down at Valley Doyle and apparently the world was going around. Obviously, the August Rodan was literally the, the machine, uh, as we sort of all know and, and we, we've all heard this. Um but what one one lad apparently said that uh, that only God could stop him from winning the triple crown. Uh, like they were literally just incredibly bullish on him, and obviously he clearly hadn't been going to the church first. then. Yeah, that fell at the first hurdle, so God had his way with that. But he, yeah, I mean, he could well bounce back. I'm not going to take him a three to one favorite. No way. Like. Uh, I'm sorry, I just I just would not do it. It's too risky. Also, like the last Burton Futurity winner to go on to win the Derby was Camelot, um, which was you know a while back now. I, well, my my bet would be well, I'm just really happy the passenger turns up here. I'm so happy that they supplemented him for this race. I thought that third in the Dante was was brilliant. You know, you can you can upgrade that run because he got stopped multiple times in running on what was his only only his second start, and to be able to keep going and get third at the line, the way that he did, or he dead heated third, but to get there the way that he did for such an inexperienced horse was so unbelievably impressive. I think he'll come on bundles for that, and he he should go really well well here they were quite right to supplement him obviously stout and king's cut won this race last year with desert crown so yeah i'd be really excited to see him turn up i watched him on on craven day as well and i was i was i was really impressed with his victory there so yeah at five to one he may be he may be a touch short for a horse that didn't win last time out but i, I still think he's the exciting horse in the race so, yeah, I'd probably be getting on passenger here and, and that's the way I've been leaning since the Dante. 
which is obviously a, a very good trial for this race as well. It, it is a, it's such a difficult race. It's such a difficult race. August Rodan, I, I can't really have just because no. of the way that he bombed out last time. Um, military order nine to two, maybe a bit of an insult. I think the market's moved a lot because of Appleby being out of the winners of late, but he did have one this evening at, at Lingfield. Um, passenger, I thought everyone did make a lot of the Dante, but I think maybe White Birch is better at 14s with the extra couple of furlongs. Came from, from last through to just second. Probably would have won if it was a little bit longer in that Dante. Mate, to be honest, I, I, I find this race really difficult. I'd be struggling to advise a bet. I think on breeding, um, a rest would probably give you a good run. I think he's going to be a lot better on a sounder surface, even though I thought he looked visually tired when winning at Chester. It looked like a difficult one, even though he was used at the finish. Uh, I, I genuinely would find it hard to recommend any bet here. I think the best bet in the race is probably White Birch each way at 14 to 1. Um, you, you, you're more likely to get a, a place out of him than you are to pick the winner. I think I think they all have questions to answer. Um, mm. You know, and <laughs> it, it's uh, a very hard... uh, it, it's a difficult yeah. race. It is a difficult race. I, I, I'm surprised to see uh, where Wapiro, Wapiro, I guess, uh, at twenty to one there as well, with the form in behind military order and having beaten Liberty Lane, who was a very well touted horse as well the time before that. But I, I yeah, I do agree. I just thought I thought Passenger was really interesting and, and comes in with like a similarish profile to Desert Crown. Would be two from two here had he not been had he not been hampered in running uh, i'm pretty certain of that yeah and if that were the case he'd be coming in here with very central uh, similar credentials to to desert crown last year's winner would, be, would so, be a pretty pretty huge winner for the owners as well given that their sire ulysses is going for uh, the first derby um they own ulysses they own passenger they've supplemented him 85 grand here ulysses also the sire of white birch as well um mm. one thing i thought was quite interesting when i was i was saying earlier that you that uh uh that white birch is a good each way bet i i was looking earlier this afternoon and uh white birch actually has an older brother uh, he's trained by Sir Mark Prescott, who's just run his handicap debut, having been uh, having had a, a trip hike. So, if you guys fancy White Birch, uh, oh. maybe just keep an eye on the older brother, who was favourite last time for the trip hike, goes second time in a handicap probably quite soon, and could go on a roll. Rated seventy-seven, so you might get a bit of value for money there as well. Um, so what? What's the horse called, Tris, for our listeners? I'll just get the name of the horse now. The horse for the listeners. The horse is called Anatomic. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I think it's going to be quite interesting to see if that one picks up in esteem. It does make me slightly worried, given that you have Military Order in here, who is a full brother to Adar, who won the race, uh, what, two, three years ago? Two years ago, yeah. And... Um, I know, a big prize as well. 
it's still amazing to think Adi R was like 33 to 1 with Adam Kirby riding. Yeah, um, it he's is. a very good horse. And military order did what Adi R couldn't do win the Lingfield Derby trial. Yeah, exactly. No, I, he, he is an interesting one, definitely. But as you say, it's got to be difficult. I'm just very excited to see Passenger, see what that one can do. So Passenger, for you, I genuinely yeah. don't know where to hold my hat. Uh, if I had to hold it anywhere, white birch each way. Um, and I think military order, given the breeding, did look impressive at Lingfield. I think military order is probably not a bad shout at nine to two let's move on the princess elizabeth stakes which is at 210 uh on saturday just before the uh the fa cup final gets going at three prosperous voyage two to one favorite potapova nine to two roma miss sevens astral Bo eights alongside heredia strong fancy in this one i think that Prosperous Voyage is going to love being back at Epsom. Some nice, good, good to firm ground. I would have thought Frankie Dettori is going to be riding. Rafe Beckett's in great form. Prosperous Voyage is the class filly in this race. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity for her to pick up another Group 3, um, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't see why not, to be honest. I know you're a massive fan of this horse, so I'll probably just leave that one to you. Interesting that this um, DP Howden's bought Roman Mist as well. She was previously owned by Hot to Trot. Um, yeah, don't have much more to say about that, but yeah, no. yeah, let's let's go prosperous voyage then. Fine. Well, they, Howden's definitely been interested. Really good piece with Nick Luck the other day on the Nick Luck daily podcast before the guineas festival actually about getting into horse racing and how he'd gone and watched roaring lion i think um yeah. i can't remember which race but had gone and watched roaring lion and basically fell in love and bought a, a few of roaring lion's offspring one of which is running lion who's running in the oaks so a nice story there for for howden i do think that prosperous voyage is going to be tough to beat here and uh as soon as Frankie Dettori's jocked up, I would have thought she'll go six to four. She'll probably go off six to four favourite on the day. Um, yeah. That ties up the racing for this weekend. The Derby, the Oaks. It is mouth-watering stuff. Are you excited? Mate, I'm massively excited. It's going to be a, a really huge weekend. Yeah, as I say, I will be at the... FA Cup final, but I'll also be keeping a close eye on the racing, no doubt. Um, yeah, huge. It's very exciting, but it is difficult. It's difficult. Who who wins the FA Cup final? Well, I, I hope none of my colleagues are listening, but I would say Manchester City probably win it on the way to the treble. Do you think... Which would be pretty tough. Do you think there's any chance that they rest players this weekend because, they're, the so, Champions League because they're so desperate to win the Champions League. Do you think they might rest anyone? Well, I mean, they could. And to be honest, they could rest players and they'd still have, you know, the best team in the world. Like, that's how many good players they have. Their, their strength and depth is, depth is unbelievable. So, you know, maybe, maybe it would be a good tactic. Obviously, they are desperate to win it. But 
I feel that's kind of just once again, that would be Pep overthinking things again. Yeah. Like, he should just play his best team and then play his best team again a week later. And yeah. that will probably just, they will win. You know, if he then just starts tinkering with stuff as he as he has done in the past, then maybe he can slip up. But look, I think City are too good. Even in a one-off game, I think they'll beat United. And well, at least I'm not a United fan, so I won't really mind so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be good to be at Wembley, though. It'd be fun. No, that will be good. I, I, yeah, I think Man City look unbelievable this season. I think they probably will win the treble. Um, but yeah, that, that's not, They're a cut above the rest, mate. not exactly an original thing to say. Um, no, they've got two more games to go. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. It's been a, a great preview for the Oaks and the Derby. Remember, don't miss it. It's not at 4.30. It's at 1.30 on Saturday. Um, get your bets on. Hopefully we'll pick the winner as well. Charlie, it's been a pleasure. Have a great time um, at Coldplay tomorrow night. I'm very envious. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. No, it should be good. Very excited. Tom and Ben Curry have very kindly invited me. So I'll be heading over to the Etihad, actually, uh, to watch it. Ooh, boo. Well, have a great time. Coldplay are very, very good. Uh, That's all for this week. Good luck in the Oaks. Good luck in the Derby. It's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye. Bye.